0: Oh, Hey, (laughs) the teaching yoga podcast team is taking a little break while we gear up to bring you an epic season two of the show. But we didn't want to leave you hanging. So, in the meantime, I've gathered up some of my favorite IGTV episodes all about the business of yoga and turned them into some little mini episodes for you here on the podcast. Now, these episodes will usually be anywhere from five to 15 minutes, where I give my two cents on a particular topic that has to do with the business of teaching yoga. I'm sharing from my just over a decade of experience as a yoga teacher, plus um, everything I've learned running a studio, creating and running teacher trainings, um, and now to running an online business. So if you are a yoga teacher and this is something that you do um, as your sole source of income or even as your, your air quote side hustle, um, I really hope that you will find these little mini episodes helpful and useful. And if you'd like to stay connected and like kind of take, you know, that next step (laughs) in our relationship, um, you can head over to my website, corajaru.com slash podcast love. And if you pop your name and your email in there, um, I'll send you a little audio compilation of what a few of my favorite guests from season one had to say when I asked them this question. If you could give one piece of advice to every new yoga teacher out there, what would it be? I think some of their answers might actually surprise you, to be honest. Um, So if you want to have a listen to what some of my favorite guests have had to say about that, we have Richard Miller on that little compilation, Cecily Milne, um, Dr. Shante Cofield, a lot of really great, um, well-established and experienced teachers sharing, you know, their advice and wisdom for all of us. Uh, so if you do want to grab that little audio download, feel free to head over to my website, corajaru.com slash podcast love, and you will get, um, updates from me and that sort of thing as well. When you pop your details in there. All right. So our regular scheduled programming will resume on February 2nd, 2021. But until then, we'll keep these little mini episodes coming. And between now and then, I will even share a couple of full length episodes where I have been interviewed on other podcasts. Um, I love having an interview show. I get to talk to people who are way cooler than I am and and sort of drill them with all of my questions about yoga and business and life. Um, but it's also super fun when uh, the tables have been turned. So I think we'll release maybe four or five um, interviews that I've done over the year. So if you want to get to know a little bit about me and my story more than you already do, um, then keep your eyes peeled for those as well. Okay. So, um, I hope you enjoy these little mini episodes and stay tuned for season two beginning in early Feb. And if you want to stay connected, remember it's corajaru.com slash podcast love. See you soon. Hey, um, so in this IGTV video with you, I'm going to share four strategies that I use personally to get a shit ton of stuff accomplished each week. Now, lots of you have actually messaged me, some people inside of the Teachers Club and then other people just on Instagram. Inquiring about time management, I think especially because now a lot of us yoga teachers are working from home, or we're considering going back to studios, or we're keeping some online classes, and and, and just sort of rethinking our businesses. You know, whether you like it or not, if you're a yoga teacher, chances are you have a business of being a sole trader or an independent contractor. So I think we're, we're questioning, like, how is the best way for me to, to be in my workday, in my business? And I've had people write in and ask questions. So I just wanted to do a little IGTV video because I've been self-employed since 2009, um, but really treating my teaching like a business since 2012, 13-ish. And... Um, And I really, really struggled with time management, especially because I didn't have a like corporate nine to five job. I went from like being a uni student to being a yoga teacher and then to being a yoga teacher who's trying to um, to make it sustainable through um, understanding business a little bit better. So I really struggled with this and I still do. I am not perfect. Last week, I didn't get anything done. I just had other stuff happening. Um, so I just wanted to share what has been helpful with me. As always, I've kind of got some notes just to make sure that I hit the key topics that I want to address. Um, yeah, so let's get into it. Okay. So the very first thing, and this is what I also do with, um, coaching clients. I, I never really imagined being a business coach. I, I mentor yoga teachers, but I've had a lot of people, um, Inside and outside of the teacher's club recently get in touch with me for business coaching. So this is also the process that I take my individual clients through, and it's been really, really effective so far. So the first thing I would suggest is that, you know, you do some self-study and figure out how you meet expectations. So inner expectations, like things that you want to do for yourself or outer expectations, things that you have committed to with other people. And the way that you can figure out how you meet these expectations, there's already like a process to figure it out. A woman named Gretchen Rubin has written a book. Um, She has a quiz online. So if you type in Gretchen Rubin, the four tendencies into Google, you can take a free quiz and learn how you meet expectations. So I'll give you an example of myself because I'm who I know best. I've got lots of clients who are different tendencies and it really matters how you meet expectations for how you are going to set your life up and your business up to be productive. So I'm an obliger. I, ugh, I hate that I'm an obliger. It just sounds terrible, but essentially what that means is that I don't meet my own expectations very well. Like if I say I'm going to get up and... Um, exercise every day, you know, yada, yada, yada. It's, it's challenging for me to actually stick to that, but I'm good at meeting other people's expectations. So in that same example, if I got my partner involved and said, Hey, let's get up and exercise every day. And I knew it was something that was really important to him. And he's like, yes, let's do it. I, we need to do it. It's important to me. I would be much more likely to do it knowing that someone else is counting on me. So I've learned this about myself a long time ago. It was one of the things that I learned um, when I built my very first website in 2013, which was that as soon as I get another person involved in my project, I'm much more likely to follow through. I don't delay. Like if someone's waiting on me for something, I, I will get back to them. So knowing your tendency will help you to build in strategies that are unique to you to help you stay in line and meet your expectations. I think the other tendencies are there's like an obliger is me, there's an upholder, there's a questioner, and there's a rebel. So based on which, I wish I was the rebel or at least the questioner, but no, I'm the obliger. Um, but <laughs> But being honest about it and knowing it has helped me build in strategies to keep myself accountable. And once you know your type, you can do that as well oh, I wanted to get the book. I'm not, it's like, it's over there. I'm not going to get up and get it, but I have implemented as many of the strategies as I can of this human. His name is Michael Hyatt. He has a book that I really love called free to focus. He has lots of other resources. He has a million books, podcast, different, like multiple podcasts. Um, all of these sorts of things. So Michael Hyatt, put that into Google, check out his system. Um, The book that I love is free to focus. A couple of the key strategies that I've implemented um, into into my business and my life that have really, really made a difference um, are limiting distractions, So I like don't usually take phone calls or texts during the workday. I even delete Instagram off my phone um, quite often because it's a distraction for me. So I will scroll on Instagram. So on the weekends, I don't have Instagram on my phone. Um, I only check my email twice a day. So instead of having my email inbox open all the time, I check it at designated times. Um, Yeah. And there's lots of others, but this is one of the ways that I limit distractions. Limiting distractions is just one key piece in that free to focus system. There are so many, like I have a workday startup ritual. So every day when I sit down at my computer, I have everything organized in little tabs. I click one button. I get everything I need to look at right in the morning. First thing that comes up and pops up and I address it straight away so that I can close all of those things down like email and notifications. And I don't look at it again until um, the end of the day sometimes i don't do the the end of the day one i'm not as good at that but um i really really recommend the work of michael hyatt and free to focus so that's a huge thing that has helped me along with knowing my tendencies there's two more um the third one oh the the third one i kind of already talked about is is putting oh no 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 i didn't okay here we go put in firm boundaries around work and non-work hours and this is something that when i work with people one-on-one has been revolutionary (laughs) i mean it's so simple um especially when you're working from home is to decide which hours you're going to work and they're not the same for everybody and then sticking to those hours as much as you can it's not always perfect but like shutting down the laptop not engaging in work stuff on your phone um outside of work hours. So for me, it's usually around like eight to five, eight to six. Sometimes it's a bit earlier. Sometimes it's a bit later. Um, But those are my general hours. And I do that Monday to Friday. I don't do any work on the weekends. Sometimes I'll record the odd podcast with a guest because if they're in a different country or something and it works on a weekend for me, but it's better for them, it's in the week, then I'll do that. But otherwise, I don't do any work on the weekends. Why that's important is that it gives you time to rest so that when you are working, you're working. So you're not on Instagram, you're not floating around and cleaning the house or doing whatever it is that you would rather be doing than the work you have to do. Because you know at six o'clock, you're done. You're out of there. So you, if you've got stuff to accomplish, you have to get it done by that deadline. It's been really powerful for me, super helpful. Um, that also comes from Michael Hyatt. So it sort of ties into that, um, that second point of looking into his work. But it's something that even if you don't buy the book or um, listen to any of his work, it's something that you can implement straight away. So one of my clients, she's an artist, she's a night owl, um, incredible human, very, very talented. But if you're a yoga teacher, like fairly vata, right? Like me as well. Um, and so we ch- we did her work hours to suit her schedule. She stays up quite late. So she doesn't start work until 10 in the morning. And she goes until seven at night. And I just met up with her yesterday to do another like little check-in about how she's going. And she's like, sometimes I start a little bit later. Like if I had a late night, um, I might start at like 11, but then I just work an hour later. So even though it's it's set work hours, it's not rigid, right? But you, you need to give yourself some sort of, um, like some lanes to to play in between. And you can adjust them as you need to, but you need to know where your boundaries are to start. So having firm work hours has been really helpful for me to like stay motivated, stay on task, and then also get some nice downtime, right? So I'm not working on weekends and evenings because who wants to do that? I've done that. It's not fun. Um, the fourth thing, and this is this has been huge for me. And I really learned this while I was managing the yoga studio ages ago and like, you know, gosh, when was that like the early two thousands, but then also owning a yoga studio or being a co-owner of a yoga studio and having, um, a more collaborative environment. And this is all about creating a team, right? So when I do the podcast after the guest has been chosen and contacted and, um, I've formatted, they've agreed to come on the show. We've scheduled the interview. I've researched the guest. I've thought of the questions. Um, We've done the actual interview. After all of that, one podcast episode takes between 12 and 16 hours to produce. And I put out one every week. So if you tack on the stuff in the beginning of the podcast, that could be like 20 hours a week on one episode of the podcast and I put it out every week. So if I were to do that all by myself, I would only have like half of a work week left. And all I've done is produce one podcast episode. And, you know, not to mention all the other things that just need to be done, like answering emails and promoting it and all of that sort of stuff. So when you look at people's businesses, I think it's important to know that a lot of people have teams that they are working with. So I currently have three people who work on a weekly basis with me and then uh, another contractor that I've just brought on who sort of works um, just by on a project by project basis. Um, I have a podcast producer, I have a customer service slash admin support person, I have a content manager, someone who keeps all the content on schedule, and that fourth person who's just coming in on a project-by-project basis is a graphic designer. So um, it's not easy to hire a team, but there are definitely ways that you can do it, even if you have a small budget. I use a platform called Upwork. I don't have everyone on Upwork, but the contractor um, who's doing the graphic design and my podcast producer who is amazing. I found both of those individuals through Upwork. The other two um, of my team members, I've I've got we've started working together in different arrangements through referrals and friends and all that sort of stuff. And you don't have to have that many people working for you, but even if you have one person who's helping you out with emails, like a virtual assistant that you can find on Upwork and maybe like helping you with your email and your, your schedule and your calendar and all of those sorts of things, it really frees you up to do the work that only you can do. So I can't hire someone to sit here in front of the camera and do an IGTV on my channel. That wouldn't make sense, right? Like I'll maybe have guest contributors, but for the main part, it needs to be me, right? So me taking the time to make this video. I need someone else to be helping me with like producing the podcast and those sorts of things. So getting out of the the mindset that you need to do everything by yourself. And yes, it costs money to hire a team, but I think it's an incredible investment, especially if you can find people who love doing things that you don't like doing. Like um, customer service, I'm not that great at. So having someone to be a customer service person for me actually just frees me up and they get to work in a role that they actually really enjoy. Same thing with like managing the long-term schedule, not my strength, don't particularly love it. Um, Oh, and I have a bookkeeper as well because it's just like, I shouldn't be in charge of that. So it's worth the money and it's really about shifting your mindset about thinking, can I afford it or can I not? Um, When you have help, your business can grow a lot more quickly. I resisted it for a long time. I think Upwork is a great platform to get started um, in looking for extra help. Okay. Is that the last thing? I think that is the last thing. Okay. So just to like, I'm just going to, I've just been sitting on my feet. I just have to move a little bit. So just to sort of recap, knowing how you meet expectations is a huge, huge, huge. Um, important step in being able to be productive, because you have to build in strategies that work around how you are as an individual. Secondly, check out the work of Michael Hyatt, free to focus. Third, set firm boundaries around your work hours. They need to be unique to you, what will actually work for you. The last one, number four, is hire a team, even if it's just one person for five hours a week um, and learn how to work with other people so that you can be freed up to do the work that only you can do. So I hope this was helpful. If you have questions or ideas for more things you want me to cover, as always, just reach out. I think that's it. Let me know um, if you have any feedback. I'd love to chat about this.